What's up, everybody? This is John Lewis, aka Badass Vegan. I am with So Flow Vegans. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the So Flow Vegans podcast. I'm your host and founder of So Flow Vegans, Sean Russell. On this episode, we have John Lewis, also known as the Badass Vegan, joining us to talk about a number of different topics. This was a great conversation and we're excited to bring it to you. So what can you expect? We talk about his upcoming documentary, Hungry for Justice. We look at his past. We look at his various businesses as well as his thoughts on the vegan community. So make sure that you listen all the way until the end because we have some exciting announcements for you about upcoming program, events, projects, and everything in between. So with that being said, enjoy today's episode with John Lewis, the Badass Vegan. You are listening to the So Flow Vegans Podcast. And welcome back to another episode of the So Flow Vegans Podcast. I'm Sean Russell, host of this amazing show. And on the lines of amazing, we have a guest that we've been wanting to speak to for a long time on this podcast. He's no stranger to South Florida. We see him at almost every event and that's a huge feat considering that you are all over the world on your travels your speaking engagements well then that's enough of me you know building up the anticipation of who i'm going to announce i'm just going to go ahead and go ahead and say we have john lewis badass vegan on the podcast thank you so much for joining us what's up everybody how y'all doing i appreciate y'all uh, having me on here too man i, I really do yeah, so we have a tradition here on the Soul Flow Vegans podcast. First thing we always do is we get your vegan origin story. So how did you jump feet first into this vegan lifestyle? Um, Man, feet first, huh? So <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you could say I, I did try vegetarian um, for two years prior uh, and it was when I first moved to Miami, I was going to grad school and I I always said I, I loved animals and I always said, you know, I, I'll see, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. And then when I finally moved away from like that impact of um, home, because everybody knows peer pressure can come from the family mm-hmm. sometimes. Like you want to do something, but your family's like, you're going to go vegetarian, you're going to die. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you just like, so when I got down to Miami, I was eating you know, Caribbean food, Jamaican food, Dominican food, Cuban food. I had some of everything. And my stomach was like, wait, hold on. This ain't, this ain't us. <laughs> and I went to the doctor at the university and he was like, do you eat a lot of meat? And of course, you know, we lie sometimes because this is what we used to do. And I'm like, no, no, of course not. Now, granted, I had meat probably on everything, every meal. And if it wasn't meat, it was dairy. He's like, I want you to try going vegetarian for 30 days. I'm like, nah, man, look at me. The <laughs> classic. Like, you see how big I am, man? I need la la. And he was like, just try for 30 days. I didn't do it immediately when I left out of there. I want to say that was October 15th. October 31st, I had a good uh, friend of mine slash fraternity brother back home in St. Louis who passed away from sickle uh-huh. cell. And I had already done a little bit of reading, and I was like, you know what? 
this is like an ode to him. I'm going to go ahead and try this for 30 days. I felt like a million bucks. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I was like, damn. And, you know, just just being real, like, I missed, you know, I was a a Philly cheesesteak fan. And I was like, yo, no more Philly cheesesteaks and no more this and that. So I was like, wow. And this is, you know, this is 14 years ago. So, or 16 years ago, I take that back, 16 years ago. Uh, So I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know, like. We had a couple options like Boca, but we don't have what we got now. Like, so I was like, man, what are we going to do? So um, fast forward two years, I was about to graduate from my master's program. And I remember getting a call from my brother. He was like, hey, man, we're about to take uh, mom to the hospital. We don't know what's wrong. And I'm like, oh, wait, what's going on, man? So I talked to my mom on the phone. She's like, I don't know what's up. And my mom is like the happiest person in the world. And this is the one time I ever heard her like just totally out of it. And I was like, hey, mom, what's going on? She's like, I don't know, but I feel like shit. And I, I'm, ne- I'm talking about like, we've been through a lot, and I ain't never seen her like that. So I was like, okay. And I was like, all right. So I, I flew back home, talked to the doctors, everything. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, it's colon cancer. I'm like, how does this happen? He's like, well, too much animal protein, fried fatty foods. I'm like, wait, this is not hereditary? He's like, nah, this is a lifestyle choice. I mean, he's just so frank with it. Yeah. Like, you know, this is not... Not red terry. I'm like, oh wow. So I started doing more research, of course, CDC, World Health Organization, all these, you know, websites that aren't even vegan. And I just started seeing and just connecting the dots. And I'm like, wow, man. I was like, you know what? I'm done with this shit. I was like, I am a big believer in learning from my mistakes, but I'm a bigger believer in learning from somebody else's mistakes. I just incorporated hundred percent vegan and it wasn't to start a business, it wasn't to it wasn't even to motivate other people. I was just like, yo, I don't I don't think this is right. So I stopped. And then that's when more of the aspects of like social justice and animal rights and the world, the ecosystem, that's when everything else came into play. I honestly did it for health reasons. Mm-hmm. And I know some vegans there, they they're all like, Well, if you don't go for the animals, you'll change back. That's not necessarily true. You know, like I did it for that and then it opened me up to a, a wider range of reasons to stay so what are some of those reasons that that are not resonate with you in terms of why you're vegan um like i said like social justice i I believe i believe social justice and veganism go hand in hand i really do like Mm -hmm. if you ever want to give a real big f you to the system go vegan like Mm -hmm. you you know we and that goes along with my documentary that I'm doing now too is is about social justice slash food justice and you know it's, we find it so funny that so many people are quick to be like oh the government yeah they'll lock you up for just walking down the street oh yeah they'll arrest you while you're driving and uh, they'll shoot you or kill you with no probable cause but for some reason we don't believe they'll do anything to our food which you know which is so interesting to to see uh, the more and more as I, as I make this documentary. Um, and you know, it's like, we have documented proof that the government knows that for instance, dairy, 75% of all African Americans are lactose intolerant mm-hmm. yet. And still they promote milk and dairy to the African American community. Like it's just the best day ever. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, and the rates are even worse for Asians and even worse for native Americans. So it's like they keep promoting and keep promoting it when it's not for us. And they'll tell you in a doctor's visit, like, hey, you might want to start giving them formula. Uh, we actually saw an ad um, we, we presented in the documentary, and it was that mother's breast milk was not sufficient to grow human uh, 
babies. It's like, wait a minute, so you mean to tell me that Mother Nature got that all messed up? <laughs> and they, they just messed that all up. So so in hindsight, what they're saying is, well, since humans can't supply a sufficient amount, you need to buy our formula. You know, but we, we see all these obesity rates and stuff like that. And this is not a fat shaming thing. It's just there's nothing in the natural DNA of a human where obesity is a part of it. It's what we put into the body that leads to that. And it, it's just so part of that being a social justice aspect, looking into the uh, the eco factor of like, you know, how much water is taken just to make one pound of burger, uh, of beef, um, you know, how much water is taken or how much food itself is taken. When people think, oh, man, if we go vegan, then humans will eat all the plants. It's like, no, you don't understand how much plants are giving to these animals to get onto your plate. If you cut out the middleman. Now, granted, a lot of that stuff is GMO, and we don't want that either. Mm -hmm. But we could cut all that out and use that land to actually grow crops for human consumption. We could get rid of the the homeless and hungry rate right now if we stop feeding it to all the animals. If we feed it to the humans, which are animals too, don't get me wrong. But if we feed them to the humans, guess what? Boom, there you go. Mm -hmm. And people think that the, you know animals will take over the world if we stop eating them. It's like, no, we... We as humans and a couple of other species are the only ones that really do sex for pleasure. Like, we're the ones that are infesting the world. Like, it's seven billion of us. Mm -hmm. Almost eight now, you know. Probably going on nine in a minute. Um, you know, so, like, you, you look at who's infesting the world. It's not the deer that are running through the... You know, I, I saw... Uh, I think it was uh, Joey Carbstrong. Shout out to him. He did uh, a debate with somebody, and he was like, well, these uh, these deer are they're invasive into our land. It's like, he's like, dude, we're sitting on concrete right now on the <laughs> side. Like, it's all green in one point. Who's invasive here? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. and granted, I'm not saying I just want to go live in the woods, but we do have a, a aspect that we, we like to think that humans don't do anything wrong. And we like to think that the world was made for us. If humans were extinct today, the rest of the animals would throw a party, <laughs> the pollution would the ocean would go back to where it's supposed to be. The, the the population would go back to where it's supposed to be because the one reason, just use a deer as an instance again, the reason why the deer are so out of control, I don't even want to say out of control, why the population is so high is because we killed all the wolves yeah. because the wolves were the ones that killed all the cows that we were trying to raise for food. Now, if you go back to the, to the source of it, who did this? Yeah. There's so many aspects in it. So how, where are you now on the production phase of it? Or is it ready or... Yeah, we we are we are four months away from completing shooting, and we're actually editing as we go along, so it's not like a lengthy process afterwards. Because if you wait till after, it just be too much. Uh, so we probably be done in the June. Yeah, ideally, what's your what? Where would you like it to be distributed? Uh, you know what? To be honest, I'd like it to be distributed wherever it'll be seen the most. Um, okay. And that's probably most likely Netflix. I mean, you just you think about it today, TVs are sold with remotes with a Netflix button now. Like it's just they're everywhere. So it's it's not even really about the money. You know, it's more about like I just want the we work so hard to get this information into everybody's hands. And I want to mm -hmm. make sure it really gets into everybody's hands. So Netflix doesn't care. Okay. But it might be it might be too controversial for like Apple TV, but who knows, you know? Uh, Amazon Prime might do it. HBO is is definitely not too controversial. HBO, um, so we'll see, man. I, I'm I'm open. I'm open to whoever 
And the good thing about us doing it ourselves is nobody can tell us what to omit and what to put in there. Like we we we're, we're all about just displaying the truth, and we don't have anybody to like tell us not to. So what what brought you? Jumping back into it, what brought you to the point where it's like I want to co-direct and produce a documentary? Um, you know, I always, I mean, if anybody's ever seen my my outlet, I I really don't shy away from like if something's wrong, I have to say something. Like I, I just I can't if I see if I see. We, me and you don't even have to know each other, but if I see somebody doing you wrong, I'm be like, "Yo, man, that's not right." Like, hold on, like, like we gotta say something. Like, and uh, I had a guy reach out. I knew him, you know. We we worked out together a couple times. He's Cuban guy, cool dude. But he was like, "I was like, hey, bro, you know, you don't have to say something every time you see something wrong." I was like, and then, now this is a legitimate thing he said to me, and I was like, actually, yeah, that's how stuff gets solved. I was like. You can't brush it under the rug forever. After a while, you keep brushing stuff under the rug, it becomes a lump, and somebody's going to trip over mm. it. You know what I'm saying? And I, and I told him, I was like, man, my mom picked cotton as a kid, dude. Like, if nobody would have said anything, who knows where the track of my life would be at right now? Somebody got to say something. And, you know, and, I, and, that's, uh, and that's where it came about. Like, I'm always doing that. And so my good friend Keegan, who's my co-director, who made What the Health, He's like, man, bro, I want to work with you on something. Cause he always, I always edited smaller videos, nothing like, nothing like this scale. And he was like, I want to work with you on something. I was like, all right. And he was like, how do we reach a, a wider audience? And without hesitation, I was like, hip hop. I was like, if you want to really, really reach people, go through the route of hip hop, because hip hop is what's gonna everybody. I don't care who they are. Even the soccer mom that acts like she hates hip hop. Mm -hmm. When she by herself with her little Starbucks and the minivan and the windows rolled up, she in there with DMX. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, she can act tough if she wants to, but then she she's doing it. And that's you know that's why I say it can reach everybody. And everybody likes to see what they dress like, you know, how they travel, what drinks they drinking. But it's like, no, do you really know how a lot of these people eat? You know, what I'm saying like a lot of these hip hop artists ain't out there eating McDonald's every day, even though they promoting it to you they're not out there eating it you know what i'm saying they're not drinking mm -hmm. every day there's a lot of hip-hop artists that aren't doing that so we wanted to get to that route and we we talked to a lot of athletes as well and people just in the in the in the in the eye of the media um that are with that plant-based uh journey and vegan you know sometimes everybody's not you know, vegan, vegan. Like, I don't want anybody to think, like, we just had to have, like, the ultimate vegan, which there's no such thing anyway. But, um, you know, some people think there's tears to veganism. Like, you're tier five. And then <laughs> you're level five vegan. Like, you're raw till midnight, so you're okay. It's like, no, it's not like that. It's like, you know, we try to talk to everybody that's, that's looking to make a difference. We even talk to a couple people that aren't vegan and talk to them about, like, why aren't you vegan and why – what is what are the negative connotations that you've heard when it comes to vegan? Because I think that's one thing a lot of documentaries, uh, vegan documentaries, sometimes they miss the ball with that is that they don't talk to people that aren't vegan. It's all one sided. It's like, no, you got to talk to the people and like, why are so many people of color afraid of veganism? Not just that they won't do it. They're like afraid of it. like there's There's people that legitimately think they'll die if they'll go vegan. No matter how much medication they're taking, no matter how much disease they have in their body already, in order for them to change, they can't see it. 
it's hard for them to see them doing it. They really think that they'll die if they do it. So we have to change that narrative and and, and present it to them in a way that they feel comfortable. Because I think one of the biggest things that I think that's any movement, whether it's veganism or uh, rate, uh, you know, racial equality, whatever it is. I think sometimes you got to meet people where they are and not expect them to come to you uh, because, you know, you can I could talk about racism all day to a bunch of people of color. And that's great. But we already know, like, sometimes you got to go over there and talk to the white person that's at least interested to hear it. But you got to have an open dialogue with them. And it's just like veganism. Like, if I want everybody to be vegan, I can't just talk to vegans about veganism. You got to go talk to the people that aren't vegan yet and show them, like, straight clinical data and, you know, straight government data of how things can be better for their life. And I think it's also showing them, yeah, you show them the, the messed up things that have happened, but you got to show them the positive side of it, too. And that's where the documentary pretty much came about. It's like, let's just show these people that there's a way to do this, that we don't have to be dependent on somebody else. So one of the things that I see a lot in the vegan community is the conversation of labeling. You know, I'm vegan, I'm vegetarian, I'm this. What are your thoughts in terms of the label vegan? Our uh, labeling period. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, it's interesting. I think I think when it becomes a negative thing, that's when it's a problem. But I think it's okay to label. I think it's okay to be like, no, I'm vegan. Or, because I mean, I'm all about, let me save myself a little time. I could be like, yeah, I, I eat plant-based. Or I could just say I'm vegan. It's two syllables. Like, it will take me that long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not trying to say it like I'm better than you. Like, no, 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 I'm vegan. That's what I do. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes it does come down to people like, oh, I'm better than you. Like, my soul is cleaner than yours and it's like no like you're vegan but you still say racist shit that doesn't make you a better person you know what i'm saying like so i think that's where we have to get like if the if the label that we use is to put us on a pedestal then that's when it's a problem you know what i'm saying like if you if the label is just like no no i'm just clarifying that i don't eat eggs or milk or dairy as opposed to somebody else that does then that's fine but you know like I do see it sometimes where people like label, but they want to use that label as a superiority thing. Like, oh, no, I'm better than you. I'm vegan. You know, it's, it's almost like religion. You'll see one religion talking worse about another religion. And, and it's just it's like it doesn't help anybody when you do that. So 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 it sounds like the intention behind what you're doing it is more important than the word itself. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like, I mean, it's so many so many other different aspects that you can use, like when a person is like no I, um, I i let's use religion and i'm not i'm not religious by any means so i don't want anybody to think i'm like promoting something else but if, if somebody's like well oh no i'm sorry i don't go to church because i'm buddhist now it's different they're like no no i'm buddhist i would never do that shit like that's bullshit <sighs> it's different it's totally different like no no i'm buddhist so that's why i i don't do certain things you know but if they're like oh i'm buddhist so fuck you <laughs> <laughs> your religion. Now you got a whole different, you know, ball game. So it's it's all about it's all about how you present the label. Because without labels, I'm I'm sorry, like because you see a lot of people always try to say, "Oh, I don't see color." You're lying. Like <laughs> I, I get that I get that all the time from people that aren't of color. Because people of color, we damn sure see color. We we see color. Like we know the difference. And I and and it's it's 
And I know they're not trying to, to demean people of color, but at the same time, you can't say you don't see it. You can't say that you don't see this person only eats vegetables. You know what I'm saying? You can't say that you only see that this person uh, wears black and he doesn't wear any other color. There's certain things that you see, but it's all about how you present it. It's all about how you present it, no matter what, no matter what it is. If you present something out of love and just information, that's different than trying to like put something down or put something up. So let's go, let's go back a little bit. Before you came to South Florida, before you decided to go vegetarian, go vegan, tell us a little bit about who John Lewis was as a child growing up. He was trying to figure out a lot of things. <laughs> uh, John, let's just go back to, so John um, was adopted by his grandmother at birth by his, uh, by his grandmother. His mother was addicted to drugs and tried to sell him at birth. So his grandmother stepped in and was like, no, you can't do that. I'm adopting him. So that's how the story starts off already. Um, raised in the house with that, with the birth mother as my sister. It's something I'm sure people in the hood because I always understand. We all know, we all, we all got somebody in the family that, that has this story, but it's not us. Um, by the time I was 13, freshman in high school, I found myself at 315 pounds. I was very obese as a child. Um, I was tall, but I wasn't as tall as I am now. Like I'm 6'6 six, six now. Probably was like, like five eight five ten. So it was noticeable, but not like it wasn't, you know, I was still athletic. Um I I, I got very accustomed to death, uh, which was wild growing up in Ferguson, Missouri, you know, like when I first moved to Miami, it was so interesting how people didn't when I was like, Oh no, I'm from like Ferguson, you know, like Ferguson. I'm like, Yeah, no. Like, and then after the whole Mike Brown thing, which I you know, I hate that that's the example, but after that happened, you literally have people like, oh, so that's where you're from. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been trying to tell you. Like my sophomore year in high school, we had four to five kids die that year. Yeah. In one year. And like I remember talking to a good friend of mine um, who she's a vegan activist, too. Her name is uh, Haley Marie Norman. We were just having a conversation. And I, I remember saying that she was like, that's not normal. And, I, and, and that's how bad it is growing up from where I came from. That was normal. That was... And, and and to be honest, people from outside of St. Louis probably don't know this, but Ferguson's not even the worst part of St. Louis. It's not. Like, we, like, St. Louis has literally, I think, over the last seven or eight years, has been rated the number one most dangerous city at least four times out of the last eight years. Easily. Yeah. Like, you just, you just don't, if you don't, even if you do know everybody in St. Louis, you still not. You still, your head's on a swivel the whole time. You know, so uh, I came from there. I played high school basketball, uh, went to college in St. Louis, which was historic, um, historically black college by the name of Harristow State College, which is now a university. It's uh, grown. And I honestly didn't understand the importance and the greatness of going to an HBCU until years down the line after I graduated from it. You know, like you don't understand like growing with people of your like, of your likeness, how impactful it is for you to see people like you, you know, make it, everybody's graduating, everybody's doing good. Um, you don't understand that until you get into the world. I had a, I had a friend of mine who was, uh, 
we were at a, a fraternity informational meeting and he was from another fraternity, but we were still cool, whatever, you know. You know, it's a lot of stigma out there. Like people from different fraternities don't hang. It's like, no, nah, that's that's false. And he said it. He was like, man, you know, it's all about your color that you wear in college. He was like, but when you get out into the real world, it's about one color. And you happy to see that other color with you out there. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm all about Kappa Alpha Psi. This is that, you know, like, and I get out into the real world. I'm like, yeah, it's another black person over there. Like, you actually got to it's like, it's almost like in the vegan community. You're like, oh, man, there's another black person. another black dude. So, like, or, you know, it's just, it, and it's interesting. Like, that's that's how it happens. So I did my, um, I was going to say I did my four years in uh, undergrad. I took six. I took a, I took an extended route. Um, right there with you, right there with you. But I graduated. I graduated, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it was, it was also too, like, Wherever I am, I'm always about building community. And I think it's been like that since I was a kid. I think just my mom is that way. And I just, I, even in high school, I remember, I remember crying at my high school graduation. Not because I was like sad or it was more like, oh shit, I'm about to go into the real world. I'm about to lose my community because I, I knew every faculty member. I knew every teacher. I, same thing when I got to college and undergrad. I knew everybody. Like I knew this is how bad it was. I hate to admit this, but I, it's too late now. So the president of my university was a fraternity brother of mine. The president of the whole university, like the whole university, not just like a part of it. I never got, I think I owed like a, a nice amount of cash. I won't even say how much it is. I owed a nice amount. And I remember going to his office like, uh, yeah, man, I might not be walking because I owe this amount of money. I never forget he called the secretary on the phone. He said, hey, can you bring John Lewis's file in here? Brought the file in, sat it on his desk. He was like, all right, I'll see you at graduation. And I was oh, like, man. oh, okay. Let <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> me get him out of here. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> all right, like, like, I, like, nobody, somebody could probably tell you, but not many people could tell you what it's like to get a secret handshake from your fraternity from the president of the university as you walk across the stage to get your degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and if he wasn't there, I probably would have stayed longer. You know what I'm saying? Like it was to the point my, my mom was like, you, you ever want to graduate? You want to get up out of there? Like I was having fun. So when I got to grad school, it was the same thing. It was, it was, it was literally to the point where before I graduated with my master's at Nova, I was the manager of admissions for the business school. Like I built the community again. Like I, it's just, it was always like that. Like, I never forget, like, I didn't, I had, like, the whole school. I knew everybody at every department. I actually had dreams of being a dean one day. Like, I, I, I was in the education system. I had actually started my PhD um, while I was there. And it was free, so I was like, all right, well, shoot, let's just start it up. Let's just go. But then, you know, things took another turn, and I ended up, you know, public speaking for myself and, you know, be, becoming an activist and uh, for social justice. And I, I, and I tell people this all the time as when it comes to vegan. Yeah, I'm vegan, but I'm about social justice first. And veganism just happens to be a part of that. It's like a Trojan horse. Like, I'm going to come in about social justice, animal rights, all this stuff. Oh, yeah, this vegan thing, too. Yeah, that's, in, that's inside the Trojan horse. I open that up and let that just trickle out. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and it's always about building community, man. Like, and that's this is where it's been. So that it started off in St. Louis, end up in Miami, and I just been trying to build a. Uh, 
I think I've been doing a pretty good job. I don't, I don't like to use the word try because I think try this is a, a way of us not giving ourselves a, a, a way out. But I've been determined to build this community uh, everywhere. You have definitely an entrepreneurial spirit. You know, just been reading your bio, all the things that you've created, that you're creating right now. One of the things is the um, Vegan Smart. So Vegan Smart started as a mission. Um, I, I had talked to a lot of different, like, supplement companies. Um, like, and, and, and to this day, even though that I'm a part owner of Vegan Smart, I always recommend other vegan, like, products to people. Because I tell people, I'm like, as long as you buy a vegan, I honestly don't care. Like, I just... I don't, you just don't be ingesting that poison. Like, go try Vega, go try Vivo Life, go try Garden of Life. You know, like, I, I'm all about that. And, but I tried them on and, and they just weren't my favorites. Um, so, two fraternity brothers of mine again. It's, it's so funny, it's like I'm promoting fraternity life. Here. But, <laughs> but, you know, like, I, I, it, it definitely has helped me out throughout my life. So, two of my fraternity brothers, they owned Nature Aid, which is a company that was founded in, the 1800s actually and they came in and they um they bought it out and they had had it probably about two or three years and they came to me and they were like hey we want to we want to introduce a vegan line can you help us out i'm like of course and i went to help them out just off the strength of them being friends fraternity brothers whatever and i was like look you want to make sure you got this in there you want to make sure you got these flavors these flavors people probably won't even be they won't even want and we went through the whole line we did a you know r d and made sure we got it together and then they came back to me and they were like look man like this is like your baby you had you had so much to do with this we'd love to you know offer you a, a, a partnership in it and me being me first thing i went into was like uh well I, in my head i'm like well i'm broke right now and I, so when I, I was like well you know i'm kind of tied up financially in a couple things and, <laughs> and they were like no 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 like this your baby you helped us out we got you and i'm like oh you should start off with that if that's the case <laughs> i'm in like let's go <laughs> but it was so funny i remember being like well kind of i'm kind of tied up financially right now like you like that old kevin hart like the way my bank account set up that's, that's, i gotta transfer money from my savings into my chicken <laughs> um and then that's when we started and it's been i mean it's been going really well man like we actually I mean, it's got its hiccups. Don't get me wrong, because it's it's a business, but we've been doing real well. We just brought uh, Magic Johnson on as a partner, so that is like huge for us. Um, and it can go it can go one of two ways. It can go like Magic goes all in, and he's like, "Yo, these are my people's buy their stuff," or it can be like Magic's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I do got them over there. Yeah, like you know." So hopefully, Magic's all in, and he's going to you know. I mean, and he's. You talk about entrepreneur, man. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I think he's got a hundred Starbucks and like the movie theaters and the insurance companies, and I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, so it's a positive thing. No matter what comes out of it, it's a positive thing, and um, I can't wait to see where it takes us because we we're the largest black-owned uh, supplement company right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so that it's it's a huge thing for us to to hit this market and. And right now with Vegan Smart, we are in um, Publix, we are in Vitamin Shop, we are in Walmart.com, Amazon Prime. Uh, we were in Whole Foods, but when Amazon bought our Whole Foods, they moved us to Amazon Prime, which that's actually more homes than, you know, than actual, than Whole Foods. So 
it's been going really well, man. Really well. And it's funny because at Nova, uh, my degree actually was in, it was a master's in business, um, a master's in business with the emphasis on entrepreneurship. And that's one of the reasons that drove me to that school because it was the only school where the business school had entrepreneurship in the title of the school. Like it, it was the business school of entrepreneurship. And it just, and H. Wayne Hazinga, who people that don't know, he's the guy that used to own the Dolphins. He started Blockbuster. He started Waste Management. Like you talk about, and he wrote, he helped write that curriculum for that, that program. So I was like, I mean, <laughs> shoot, if I can learn from anybody, I'm going to go on in and get these nuggets. And then like who knew working there, I got to meet him a couple times, you know, like That's cool. it's just, yeah. It, it, I mean, like I said, man, I, I always recommend no matter where you're from, sometimes stepping outside your box. Cause granted, I, I could be doing this back in St. Louis, I'm sure. But I think getting outside of my comfort zone helped me a lot to go everywhere. Like I did my internship for the dolphins. The dolphins practice facility was on Nova Southeastern's campus. And I used to walk up to talk to the secretary at the front desk of the practice facility every, at least twice a week. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I would walk just to say hi to her. And then one day after doing it for like two months, I was like, do you know about any internships? She was like, I don't know, but if you give me a resume, I can check. And I started, I never forget, I started 2004, the winter semester. So I started in January. I gave my resume probably February. Didn't hear anything back. Didn't even think about it. And then in May, I got a call from like the office at Dolphin Stadium. Mm. They were like, hey, we'd like to bring you in for an internship. And I was like, wow. And I, when I tell you, I got paid less money than the gas I spent to get there every day, but it was worth it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was mm. getting I was $5 an hour for that internship. And I went mm. happy. Every, like, I was like, all right, I'm going. I had to go to the stadium every day and work in the marketing department. So it was worth it. Yeah, what did you get from that experience specifically that that you were able to apply to where you are, what you're doing now? That everybody is equal. Because mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be in the stadium with this big linebacker, you know what I'm saying, and somebody thought I was on the team. You know, like, mm-hmm. so it's like, they, they would see me, oh, man, why are you dressed up today? I'm like, no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the intern, man. I'm not even on the football team. So I started to get that a lot, like, it's it's everybody's equal man like yeah he's making millions of dollars but at the same time if we don't sell these tickets he don't get paid like everybody's connected in a certain way especially with business and you can't treat anybody better or worse and i and i was always raised like that my mom i like i said my mom picked cotton as a kid man we we my mom speaks to everybody that's how i was raised and that was just something that i i I brought into business with me um Everybody. And there's people that had positions that probably worked for me. Even though I was an intern, I just never asked for any help. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to do it myself. Like, And that's just something I learned. Like, I think that's I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit in me. My brother, who still does, he owned a, a screen printing shop when I was a kid. He still owns it. And so I, learned, I had this entrepreneurial spirit within me from day one. Like, we would literally show up to events, sell t-shirts. That's when I when I first started being vegan, I used to show up to so many vegan events. They're like, "Man, you at every event?" I'm like, "Yeah," because I got a backpack full of T-shirts that I'm selling. <laughs> that's paying for this trip and my rent when I get back home. So you know what I'm saying? Sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, man. I I tell people all the time, like, and 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 kind of segue from what we were just talking about, like, 
you know, there's a lot of newcomers that that they want to like, they want to speak at this event, they want to start a, a company. And I'm like, if you're not willing to go out there and grind, don't even worry about the other part. Like, you can't you can't be this like world renowned speaker if you're not willing to go speak for free a couple times. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't be yeah. this this t-shirt. You know, you wondering why your t-shirts are selling, but you ain't showed up at a vegan event to sell the t-shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. Or you want to charge $50 for a t-shirt and you know you spent $5 to get it. Like, people see that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got you to gotta be humble, man. You got to be humble. Like, even to this day, on my website, my I think my most expensive shirt may be $25. Like, I'm just, I just don't. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's all about, like, just coming to the game, being humble and, and, and treating people with respect, man. And uh, I, think, I think people will grow with that. And I think also... Like I said, I didn't come into veganism to start a business. I just happened to be a businessman that went vegan. So, you know, I think a lot of people come in here like, ooh, I can make money. It's like, no, nah, you you check the vegans around the world. We ain't balling like that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody got into veganism because they were like, ooh, they balling over there. Let me get in on that. No, if that was your goal, you you messed up already. You want to turn around and go back the other way. So, so one of the things that's always been on my mind since I first heard about you is what's the origin of Badass Vegan? Like, what, how did you decide to come up with that moniker? It, it's, it's a couple of different ones. Um, one, growing up, which I thought I was a good kid, I, I wasn't the best kid. And my mommy's always called me, hey, get your badass over here. <laughs> so badass was there, but, and, I, and I wanted to change the connotation of badass too i didn't want to have this negative tone so i wanted to show people like you can care for the world you can care for the other people you can care for animals you can care for anything and still be a badass that was what it's about and um i started off i really got into the fitness industry through the p90x workout i don't know if you remember hearing about that so i was on all the commercials and the ads because i actually did p90x so uh, I would post my little videos of like my results and stuff like that. And, you know, when people found out I was vegan, they were like shocked. Like, wait, you could be ashamed to be vegan. I'm like, yeah. And one comment, and I, to this day, I, I, honestly, I don't know who it was or what his username was. I'd have to go search through all those videos. But one dude was like, man, you want badass vegan. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> and it was like, it just started sticking. So I never forget. I was, uh, I was coming back home from a jog because uh, I was training for marathons at the time and I was like and it's just it was just weighing heavy on me like man you need to you need to incorporate this name you need to do it now because I know how business is so like yeah it may seem like a corny name now which I got a lot of flack for it back then like you like why would you call it badass vegan now everybody's like I, I literally just got an email yesterday somebody wanted to buy my Instagram page yeah. and then I was like I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where because I mean you could like I literally could have put both of my kids through college with the money they offer. But I also I respect the people that I hate to call people followers. I respect my tribe that I have. And along with that, I have some very high profile people that I've even connected with through Instagram that I'm kind of setting them up too. Like, you know what I'm saying? So like even though you can delete all the messages you've had, it's just that now they have like a, a clearer access to them. You know what I'm saying? Now you end up in their DMs at the top because they follow you and stuff. And I don't even want to, I don't want to do that. You know, it's, it's some people that I've, I've, I respect 
I respect everybody, but I, some people I respect as far as like I don't want to just like get their like I was selling a, a list, like a phone list or something. I don't want to do mm-hmm. that. So, so yeah, so I ended up buying the name Badass Vegan, and it's been ten years now. It, and uh, January twenty twenty was ten years. Oh, um, congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it flew by so fast. Like, I didn't even, like, make a celebration about it or nothing. It just <laughs> hit me, like, two days ago. I was like, damn, it's been 10 years. Like, and like I said, everybody thought I was crazy. I trademarked it. I incorporated it as a business. Everybody like, dude, you don't have to do that. Nobody wants that. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, <laughs> all right. And now I got people, like, I actually had one guy comment on a post one time. He was like, man, you're an asshole for, for trademarking that name. I was like, do you think Coca-Cola is an asshole for trademark Coca? Like I, I came up with it first. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, I that's business. That's just what it is. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I've seen like companies like I was at I, this is how crazy it was. I was at an event in Fort Lauderdale, and a guy had on one of like a knockoff one of my shirts. Not he knocked it off, like he made a knockoff shirt and was bragging to me about it. He was like, yo, bro, look. And he was showing me a picture of him wearing the knockoff shirt. And I was like, Okay. I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> and I think that's one thing about veganism. They think they think that anything that you do is just for the whole community. Like no matter what, it's it's owed to the community. It's like, yeah, but like, and I always say this: wars cost money. Like, I do I want to be rich? I don't mind being rich, but that's not my goal. But in order to make this documentary, this budget for this documentary is like nine hundred thousand dollars. I'm not even exaggerating. Like nine hundred thousand wars cost money. Like to make a high quality documentary, you know, said you got to make money to invest into that and then to do that. And then so now the next project is probably gonna cost around. So it's like all that stuff. So you got to protect your your artistry, whatever. Like even if you call your company Greens and Greens, incorporate that. You know, take your business first because at the end of the day. Veganism is dope, but it ain't gonna pay your bills. <laughs> you know, so you gotta take care of business first. Got to. So you have that background in marketing, the background in business from internships, from college, from personal experience. What advice would you have for someone who's looking to brand themselves, um, especially in this space? You know, what are some of the the pitfalls that they should be looking out for? Some things that you've come across. One is the well, number one, this is I tell everybody that's trying to get a business. Do not expect anybody that you know or anybody in your family or anybody that you love to buy anything that you come out with. They not. <laughs> don't expect support from the people that you love the most. It's just, I mean, and that's and don't knock them for not supporting you either. Because that's it's not yeah, their yeah. dream, it's not their goal, it's not they're not supposed to see the vision you see. So I think a lot of times people are like, oh, well, I'll come up with this product and I'll definitely sell this much because I know Kathy, I know Jim, I know John, I know Shobu, I know who. No, all, everybody you just named ain't buying shit, but they're going to want it for free. They're going to want it for free. And not only do they want it for free, they're going to critique it like they bought it. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So number one is you have to make something that other people like, not something that you like. Because a lot of times that's where businesses fall short is that they had this idea and they're like, oh, I love this idea. It's like, yeah, but do you think anybody else is going to love it? Because you're not going to buy all of it. You'll, you'll go out of business. 
you gotta you gotta come up with an idea that you know other people not only want but they feel like they need. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things. The other thing is when you're going into business, it's okay to be business minded. I think a lot of times we go in and we get messed over in a lot of deals because we're like, oh, I am vegan, I am zen, I am namaste, I am this and that. And then somebody will try to get you to do something for free and you find out they made $65,000 with you coming to do something for free. You know what I'm saying? And then and you can't get upset with them because you set that, you set that pedestal for yourself. You set that tone. So I think a lot of times it's like business is business. Like I speak at a lot of events, but if I find out you charging people money for the event, no, I'm not speaking for free. Like if it's a free event, yeah, all right, cool. I, you know, what I'm saying like that's yeah. that's great. I got you. If you paying for me to get there, I'm gonna speak for free. But if you, if I know I've I've been to a lot of events, they charge you five hundred dollars or something, and I'm like, and you wanna and you wanna not pay me? No, sorry, not gonna happen. And that's just business. I think sometimes we have to separate veganism from business and and understand, like, if somebody's going to make money off of you, you better make sure you take care of yourself because you can't call the electric company and be like, no, no, no. See, what happened was I'm vegan and I spoke at these events for free. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't give, they don't give a damn. Like, they, that's not how the world works. Like, no, no, no. So, I, so namaste uh, before we go further on this call. And, um, I spoke at these other events uh, for free, and I know that you know my water is going to be cut off. But I spoke for free; they don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to take care of yourself. Uh, so that's 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 the biggest advice. One, your family ain't gonna buy it. Two, make sure that you come up with a product or service that other people actually can use, not something that you just love. Mm-hmm. And then three, business is business. It is. It just. It just. It is how it. The world will always be business is business, no matter how namaste the world gets. How no matter how zen we get. And the good thing is, don't look at business as evil. Because I think a lot of times that's what people are like. Oh, I don't want to be a bad person. Like no, no, no. You're not a bad person for protecting your business. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just how it is. Business is business. So you've been doing this. You said for ten. You've seen the badass vegan side of things since for ten years. Coming up ten. Well, past ten years, right? Because you just had your anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you? What do you? You have the documentary. I heard that you're writing a book, or you wrote a book. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm writing a book right now. I'm writing a book that's um, kind of like a cross, a, a hybrid of uh, workout, nutrition, and lifestyle. Um, that's that's what the first book is, and I'm also writing an ebook as like a a prequel to the actual book once it comes and. The, the ebook is going to be more like recipes and probably like a workout guide, not too in depth, um, but kind of talk about uh, just some veganism, a little bit of like we talked about, like my, about my fasting, a little bit about fasting, intermittent fasting. Like I've been doing it before it got real cool too. Like I've been doing this since like 2012, and then all of a sudden somebody decided to call it intermittent fasting. I'm like, wait a minute, my mentor told me that. Years ago, I was like, man, we should have wrote a book about it. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. uh, I talk a little bit about the fasting and how um, how a lot of people don't know that intermittent fasting can actually lead to ketosis, which is basically how to uh, eliminate a lot of fat within the body. People try to do this keto diet. It's like, no, you don't yeah. necessarily have to do that, too. So that, that's why. And I talk about that in the book. And 
my timing and how I go about it and things like that. So the ebook will be out first and then the book itself will probably be out right when the right around the time the movie drops. So you're you're definitely a, a, a serial entrepreneur. You have a lot yeah. of amazing projects happening. How do you balance cuz I also have a family like how do you balance your your life with your family and the life that you know as an entrepreneur like how does that balance look for you? I don't I don't know how to stress. So that's one of the I guess it's a gift of the curse because like it can piss other people off because you don't know how to stress because like stressful people don't like unstressed people like because <laughs> they don't understand why are you not stressed and I'm like I don't I don't know how to get stressed like I don't I don't I really don't and like I'm told like it could be a death it could be um, we just lost all this money uh, something about to get repoed like and I just I'm like oh okay well all right let's work on a plan on what's next because. I'd rather do that instead of wasting time. So for me, I think that's one of my biggest uh, attributes is I don't stress. So like if I've learned how to balance, like in normal circumstances, if I wasn't doing this podcast, probably both of my kids would be on my lap right now while I'm doing work. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like we like I incorporate I don't I don't separate it where like, oh, y'all got to go sit over there in the corner while daddy does this thing. No, no, no. Y'all involved like. I'm one of my biggest things is they both have bank accounts already. My oldest is three, my youngest is one. Mm. Like I want to, I'm going to teach them. They're going to go to school, all that. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to teach them so much about business and so much about, you know, how to create their own that I want them to be involved. I want them to see Daddy doing this now, you know, and, and learning from me as I go through the process. So it's not that like don't like for me. I mean. While my brother had a t-shirt company, he wasn't he wasn't dealing with the internet. He wasn't traveling around the world trying to do it at the same time. So I had to I literally had to learn on the fly. But mm -hmm. at the same time, like I said, since I don't stress anything, I really nothing ever bothered me. Like when I would have spoke in South Africa, I thought I was gonna be nervous. And as soon as I got on stage, I was like, let's go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just like I just don't know how to stress. I just don't. I think that if people start to like de-stress their life. I think they'll be able to accomplish a lot more, man. You don't put, you don't put these pressures on yourself to like, oh, I messed up. Because I think a lot of us think that we're perfect, and we're not. Nobody is. So if you don't have this pressure of being perfect on your life, that's stressed out. Like when you when you mess up, you're like, all right, I messed up. I gotta keep going. Mm -hmm. Got something else. And uh, I think that's one thing that's like really helped me out is just eliminating stress from my life. And it and and it also comes down to people. Like, if I see somebody stressful for my life, they're gone. Like, I don't, they're gone. Like, there's no, like, hesitation. Yeah. There's no, like, oh, man, they messed up. Like, of course, it depends on the level of, of, of screw up. But, yeah, I don't, I just don't allow negativity in my life to stress me out at all. At all. Blood, yeah. or, I, I, one of the greatest quotes I ever heard was, blood is thicker than water, but which one would you drink? Mm. <laughs> and I live okay. <laughs> so let's 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 end on this. In terms of veganism, last year was called the year of the vegan. And there's a lot, I'm sure you saw a lot of momentum. You know, I definitely saw a lot of momentum in terms of just the awareness factor of it. How do you think the in terms of the black community, veganism has been embraced? And what areas are there that could be um, improved from either side? I, I think 
what I've seen as far as it being embraced, I think people are starting to realize that while veganism got whitewashed, it's not a white thing. Um, I think that's where it got messed up is that a lot of people saw veganism as this white thing. Oh, oh, the white man got to you. You, you went vegan because the white man's like, no, you don't think people back in Africa were, were not eating animals? You don't think out of all the tribes in Africa, well, nobody not eating animals. You know what I'm saying? Or, or look at Native Americans. Like, we, sorry, we want to talk to um, the uh, Navajo Nation for the documentary, which was amazing, by the way, because you don't get to get cameras in there. And um, we got to talk to, and, and the lady we were talking to, she was like, no, we're plant-based people. We just got, we just got influenced by the white man. And it's like, to hear that, it's like, to see, like, a lot of this stuff is just stuff that was just thrown on us. You know, I posted a video today about uh, actual slaves on recordings. Like, they were older now, but they were talking about when they were slaves, and and the woman that was talking about, oh, yeah, when we were kids, all the food was thrown into like a trough, like what they did to pigs. And we just walked up with a spoon and we just tried to eat as much as we could before it was all gone. Mm. And I'm like, like, you start seeing that in your head, like, that's some shit that they did to us to make us think that's how we had to eat. That's why this whole soul food thing is something we we turn that trough into something that looked better. But mm. it's still the same shit that's in that trough, the stuff that they wouldn't eat themselves. And and that's what we I, I think right now we're starting to see that damn maybe there is something to this plant base and, I, and it's funny because I came up with a a post that I, I had to I'm like all right I'm gotta make this post together I, I have a, a million posts in my head that I have to write them down and one of them was why is it so sketchy to talk about prevention like for some reason you start talking about disease prevention people don't want to talk about that shit mm. and, you know think about it if you talk if you talk about especially a person of color, you start talking about disease prevention, and it's like, nah, 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 man, nah, nah. I mean, we all got to die one day. And people say that all the time. It's like, it's so quick. People so quick to say we all got to die one day until they're on their deathbed, and they're like, man, I yeah. wish I would check up. We all super tough when we're young, man. But you start talking to these older people like, yeah, I did this, yeah, I did that. Oh, I smoke cigarettes every day, this and that. I just lost a cousin, man. And, and, and that one hurt. Like, And this was like three months ago. Since we were kids, he smoked black and miles since we were like 13, man, every day, every day. And um, he would always store it like right here in his cheek. And um, about three years ago, he went in for a toothache and was like, damn, I got a toothache. And the dentist was like, ah, I don't think it's a toothache, man. Let's let's um, I think we need to run some more tests, run some more tests and come to find out it's a fucking tumor growing in Shit. his jaw. So they had to take a non-weight-bearing bone out of his <laughs> leg to replace into his jaw. And then the surgery didn't go completely as they planned, so they had to go back in again and realign the bone to make sure it fit. And everything was going good for like a year and a half, man, and then it came back. And when it came back, it came back with a vengeance. I mean, yeah. like, you literally, you couldn't see his face. Like, it literally looked, it was, it was bad, man. And I, I, my cousin, I don't want to, like, disrespect his memory. Yeah. So, but it was, it was bad, you know what I'm saying? And, and I, I remember just talking to him on the phone, like, damn, bro, you know why this happened? He's like, oh yeah, man, smoking these fucking black and miles. He, he knew it, but it was just like, couldn't yeah. change the habit. And I mean, of course he changed after he got the first incident, but it was just, you know, it's these things that they put in front of us, man. And like, they presented like, it's all cool and you should do it, but they not doing it. 
Like the CEO of McDonald's. You think he eat McDonald's? Hell no. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> McDonald's, like, like that's what people have to think about. Like all this shit that y'all like, well, this shit's cheap. Like, yeah, but you think that dude eating it? You think you think the real owner of Popeyes, not the fake black lady that they put in front of her, <laughs> the the real white lady that invented Popeyes? You think she eating Popeyes? You think she feeding that shit to her family? No, yeah. not at all. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's getting back to like just seeing what's real for us, man, and um. I'm sorry, I, I went too long. I forgot the second part of your question. I know you said no, uh, no, 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 no. It's perfect because it actually, it actually gives a good callback to the documentary, which you know I definitely I'm excited to see when it comes out because um, it touches on the, that topic. Correct. Oh yeah, it's food justice yeah. and social justice is the main aspects of the of the film. Of the film, I was just looking at some uh, uh, filming today. I actually got to talk to the editor again today. Um, but and I just it's all coming together, and it's this is my first big project, and it's just like I can't believe it, man. Like, and I of course I'm gonna think it's dope because it's mine, but I honestly I'm like, yo, this shit is dope. Like this, <laughs> like it's gonna be some people like, holy shit, like this, and that's really what it's about, man. Like the impact it's gonna have on people, because a lot of vegan documentaries, like I love Game Changers, James Wilkins is my boy. And I, I saw the critique he got, like, oh, well, they, you know, this is about athletes and this. We talking about social justice and food justice. You can't fucking deny that. And sorry mm -hmm. to curse, but you can't. Like, you really can't. Like, for all the stuff people like, oh, that vegan, that's propaganda, oh, this is that. No, 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 no. We can literally show you where they did studies and they say, oh, yeah, this is killing black people. But you know what? It's cool. Put it on the market. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when you start seeing that, you can't deny that. You can't <clears throat> you can't argue it because people see it every day too. But when it's just placed in a form where they can see it and and really bring it in and understand it and see it's not just them. Because everybody thinks about it. Even if they're not vegan, they're like, man, that's messed up that they do that. I'm sure as a vegan, you get it too. Like you get people all the time, like, man, I wish I could do it, but yeah. ah <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's literally that scary on this side. It's like, no, nah, dude, we over here kicking it. Like you can do mm. this, like, and I think that's what we gotta do. Cause I want my 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 documentary to be solution based as well. Like, I don't want people to just think that we present the problem to them, but then we're not showing them a solution. Um, mm -hmm. One of the, one of the biggest solutions is I actually have another meeting with uh, uh, the vice president of Whole Foods. Like, we're working on a program to where we deliver meals to anybody that's watched the documentary. We come up with a code. They get free delivery. They got to pay for the food still, but they get free meal deliveries to their house. So organic meals from Whole Foods to the house because Whole Foods delivers anyway. So and that's what I tried. And when I had the first meeting with Whole Foods, I was like, look, man, I'm gonna be honest with you. You can put a Whole Foods two buildings down from a mom with three kids, a single mom with three kids, and she still ain't coming because now mm -hmm. she got to get all three kids in the car. One is asleep, one is pissed and one's beating on the one that's asleep. And now, by the time they get to the store, all the roles have changed. And now they got to, you know, one that fell asleep and this now. I was like, but if we can get it to where we can get it to their door mm -hmm. and not have them to not to like miss a step of the worry and not have to worry about, can I cook this meal today? Is it going to taste right? This and that. We just eliminated a big buffer of people taking control of their life again. So that's one of the things. And we haven't sealed the deal. I don't want people thinking that I, that deal is sealed with Whole Foods. But that's one of the big things we're working with about that. 
And um, one quick question, and this is regarding social media. Nah, you're good, and you're I, haven't, good. I haven't seen anyone else do it, but it's very interesting. You don't have comments on your social media. Yeah. Cut this tell shit me, off. Tell me why you did that. It was a lot of things, man. One was just I saw myself getting too wrapped up. You know, you're talking about how you, how you manage time with your family and all these different things. I found myself like, ooh, I got to go answer all these questions. Ooh, he over here talking noise. I got to answer that. Oh, they giving me praise. Like, And it wasn't even just a negative. It was the good, too. Like, ooh, somebody gave me a shout-out. That's what's up. Oh, yeah. I got <laughs> it was just so much. Like, that, that was to the point, like, man, let me just try this for 30 days. It is funny because my boy Dom, Dom Thompson, everybody knows, he's always like, bro, you got to cut your comments back on. I was like, because that's personal for you. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants, you know, it's personal for the uh, other people. Because people say, like, oh, man, I got to meet so many people when I'm on your page and I commented. I'm like, yeah, but if you really got a question, you could just send me a message. It's really more people want to comment on your stuff because they get seen more. Mm. See what I'm saying? You can yeah. see more when you're on there. Oh, he got 36 likes on his post, you know, with Ellen's comment and this and that. But if you really got a question for me, come in, come ask me. And then I start finding myself like I'm answering the same question a hundred mm. times a week. The same stuff. I'm like, yo, dude, if you got a question, just ask me. I can copy and paste it to you. You know, like I'm at that point. Um, so that was one thing. Like I said, it was it was more like clarity, getting rid of it. But then also, I just really saw like if I just keep giving out dope content, it don't matter if I got comments. And I and I, it's funny because I've I've honestly seen that now. And it takes a lot. It takes a lot of like I don't know where this is gonna go because I didn't see I didn't see a model where somebody cut their comments off and it went hunky dory for. Them. I one thing that I've seen is that now when you know you view insights, I'll make a post and let's say somebody tags somebody in a post. They might not even see that post to be honest. Because mm-hmm. our feed only holds 50 transactions, as you want to say. Whether somebody liked your stuff, somebody commented on something, somebody tagged on something, your feed only goes down to 50 and then it regurg- and then it reboots and then that, that bottom one is booted out. But what I've what I've noticed now is that people are sending my posts to other people. So mm. I'll get 700 messages. Somebody there's 700 messages with my one post in there. They're gonna mm. see that. You see what I'm saying? Like wow. so. I'm, I, I what I notice is now I think I'm getting more traction by not having comments because now people gotta go look at it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They getting that inbox. They getting that DM. They might ignore it, but they got that DM. Mm. So. That's what I'm seeing now, and it's just, and it's funny. Like every now and then, like today, I had to leave comments on because you can't, you can't do IGTV without comments. I don't mm. know why. It's a feature they haven't they haven't uh, disabled yet. So I was gonna make because the video was ten minutes long, and I was gonna make ten one minute videos, and I was like, Man, I, don't even, I don't even care. I just went ahead and just let the comments on for the day, and then, but you know, after this, they'll be all gone. <laughs> Everybody's going to the everyone's going to Instagram right now. It's like it's coming so hard. Yeah, and it's so funny because you get people pissed at. Like I've been getting people in my inbox like, "Yo, you got to turn your." I, or people like I unfollowed you because you turned your comments off. I used to love your comment section. I'm like, "Namaste." There you go. That's all. If, if that's why you stayed, cool. I understand. And I'd be like, "I understand. Go ahead. Do your thing." 
Yeah, I recommend if anybody got too much going on in their life, cut them comments off, man. You'll see, you'll see how much time you open up by just getting rid of comments. Cause I can't lie, the first two months I was going back to check, like, damn, they comment. I'm like, oh damn, I cut the comments off. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like you going back to see, and then you're like, oh damn, ain't nobody comment. And it's so ego driven. And I'm not, I'm not saying everybody got comments is ego driven. I'm saying it it does play with the ego because you're like, ooh, what'd they say? Ooh, did they say something? Oh man, they ain't saying that. Like, like I said, even the good or bad, you just you just ready, you just ready. You know, like I'm ready to snap back at somebody, or I'm ready to like somebody love because they gave me love. And that's a, you know, when it's 170 thousand followers, you looking at, you know, two three hours of the, of, a, of your day gone. Mm-hmm. And I'm with Keegan all the time. Me and Keegan, it's funny because we're always together. We we in a car driving to an interview, or we in a plane, you know, going to an interview and. And he was like, man, just think about this. He's like, because, I mean, we all saw the impact what the health had. And he was like, dude, if you think your social media is crazy now, he was like, mm-hmm. wait till this film come out. And I, I, it was kind of like preparation for that, too. Like, you know what? Let me just stop this now and see what's going on. And then I started, I read an article where Taylor Swift took off her comments. She hasn't had comments for, like, years. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah. And I read, like, why she did it. And I was like, that makes sense. Exactly. But any closing remarks, anything that we maybe we didn't touch on that you definitely want our listeners to know about you? Um, I think I think the biggest thing is that I want people to believe in their own power. I think that's one of the biggest things is that uh, a lot of times we get caught up in depending on other people to save us and nobody's coming to save us. Um, no matter no matter whose fault we are in the situation we are in, they're not coming to save us. It just is not happening. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people are like, well, well, this we wouldn't be in this situation if that didn't happen. It's like, okay, that's cool, but we're in this situation. We have to save ourselves. And we have to believe in the power that we have in order to save ourselves. You know, we we control what we eat. No matter what's on the market, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause just as great as that advertising is for those candy bars and all that stuff it's some fruit in that same store over there you know saying like and 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 don't get me wrong there are some there are some as we call you know deserts out there nutrition deserts but for the most part if you can get to that candy bar you can get to that apple you can get you know saying if you can get you know and a lot of times we want like variety but before the industrialization of the world you know i'm saying if you grew up next to a mango tree what'd you eat every day Okay, mangoes. You know what I'm saying? Like we got spoiled and we think like, oh man, I can't eat the same thing every day. I'm like, dude, I eat the same thing probably out of 365, probably 300 days out of the year. Mm -hmm. I eat the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like variety is what's messing us up. We got, we feel like we got to have this. And in reality, we're not even having variety. We think we're having variety. We'll still eat the same fast food chain every day, but we'll this time we got double cheeseburger instead of regular cheeseburger, but it's, it's not variety. Um, mm. So that's the biggest thing, man. I don't want to go too long-winded, but I, I just want people to believe in themselves. Believe that no matter what situation you're in, no matter who we allow to put us in that situation, we're there, and the only people that's going to get us out is us. Mm. And where can people find more about John Lewis Badass Vegan? Uh, man, I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I think I'm on Pinterest, actually. <laughs> I ain't playing. I'm on Pinterest, Google. Um, if you look up Badass Vegan, I, I'm pretty much everywhere. BadassVegan.com. 
live vegansmart.com. Uh, my story and how we incorporated that is there. Um, maybe on wholefoods.com soon too, because of what I'm working on with that. So you never know, man. I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to be worldwide, but I'm trying to be worldwide so that other people can can and embody their power, man. I don't, you know, I, like I said, man, coming from a drug addicted mom, you know, I was, I'm literally a certified crack baby. Like, I, and it's funny in a sense, but I'm like, literally. And you could grow to do what you got to do, man. But you have to believe in yourself. The power is there. The knowledge is there. The power is there. You just got to tap into it. Everybody, I want to thank you. Thank you. John Lewis, Badass Vegan, for being on the SoFlow Vegans podcast. And you can check us out at soflowvegans.com slash podcast for all of the links, the topics that we discuss, and anything else that we find out between now and then. So thank you so much for jumping on. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, everybody. You are listening to the SoFlow Vegans podcast. Yes, so we want to thank John Lewis once again for coming on to our podcast. And we really appreciate you guys for listening to our podcast for continuing to check in subscribe share leaving leaving reviews and all of the above it's because of you that we continue to grow and have these amazing guests for you to listen to and speaking of amazing guests Coming up next, we have our podcast with Karen Calabrese. Yes, so if you went to our vegan expo, our Soulful Vegans Virtual Expo, you would have seen our live conversation with, with Karen Calabrese. Now, this is the first encounter that we've had with her which is also an amazing listen so make sure you check that out we release on tuesdays and if for whatever reason we don't release on tuesdays you will be able to definitely catch that episode as soon as it's released and just to let you know about some of the guests we have coming up we have a brand new guest that i'm going to announce at the end that we haven't announced before but we have the vegan model philip mangan come after Karen calabrese we have peter cervoni from good catch marco antonio rahil damian mander we have dr will we and we have this one we just recorded not too long ago we have mike the vegan who's going to be at the tail end of this season so we're so excited about the lineup that we have for the soflo vegans podcast and we look forward to having you join us again so go to soflovegans.com slash podcast to see all of the podcasts that we've done so far and we'll see you next time you are listening to the soflo vegans podcast